Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. Attention, everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule, where Mizzou football, their undefeated season has come to a, I'll I'll call it a crashing end, Uh, 49-39 at the hands of the LSU Tigers. They wore their Columbia jackets to Columbia, or I guess Brian Kelly didn't. He was in a T-shirt on the sidelines. Um, but shout that clip was that clip was funny. Um, but I'm deflecting. We got to talk about this game. Kenny and I are going to break it down. Yeah, final in Columbia, 49-39. Mizzou loses to LSU in a game that had a lot of good, a lot of bad, and some ugly. Uh, all all early afternoon long. Crowd was popping. It was a sellout. Obviously, they had. Um, a, a little bit of dull uniforms. Peyton couldn't do his uniform review um, on, but they had the they had they had a little bit of basic uniforms on a blackout, and yeah, came out um, really really strong uh, to start the game. And I think Kenny, that's where we should start first. Let's start with the good. There's a lot to break down in this game. Obviously, it was it was as high as high scoring as we expected it to be when we previewed it with Max. Um, the offense on both sides was firing, but Mizzou got out to an awesome start in this game. Um, after forcing LSU into a, a punt with a, they had a really miserable first drive. It was their like definitely their worst drive of the game. Um, they marched right down the field, punched it in. Uh, Theo Wees, I should say, caught it was two. It, there was two dimes from Brady Cook to Theo Wees on that first drive. Um, first one he couldn't reel in. Second one he got, and then they went for two. A little bit of a just more of a punch in the mouth. I was texting you and some of our other Mizzou colleagues like. Going for two, uh, you know, a great first drive. Like, what's going on? Um, they started out explosive, Kenny. Like, you know, get into the other hits about about the the first half and the first quarter for Mizzou. But it was it was an awesome start to the game. Yeah, um, Theo Weiss really made up for that that first drop touchdown. Uh, Brady Cook put it right into his hands, just dropped it, comes back, and we know Theo Weiss is a big, strong receiver. He can he can high point balls. Um, I think he's only six one, but he feels like he plays like he's six four. He wow, can get yeah, up. He he's looks strong. He looks smaller than he's that. a big guy. We even saw like maybe a video from um one of the reporters out in Kansas City who was at the game that he was like gingerly walking off the field after. I didn't really see much of Theo Weiss in the second half. I, I don't think he was really showing up as much, but we saw a lot of Theo Weiss in that first half. And he finished the day with eighty yards on four receptions. Um that one twenty-five yard long gain uh gain. And um, the one touchdown, I think it was, you know, a good first half. You're firing on all cylinders, especially from Luther Burden as well. Just another monster performance. It almost felt like we weren't even seeing Luther Burden as much in the second half either. I felt like maybe LSU was locking him up a little bit more. He still had 11 receptions, 149 yards. He is one of the, if not the best uh, wide receiver in the SEC. And Max said it well. He spoke about him so highly, talking about all these end-of-the-season awards that he is in conversation for already as a true sophomore and the one thing that really just stood out to me about Luther Burden as well is some of those end around plays. Um, I mean, he got one of them. I don't know if this is correct on here, but I guess he d- they do a little pass forward. It doesn't count as a rush. But we're seeing maybe just almost like last year's Luther Burden also getting involved. He was 
picking up game, um, good gains there as well. And it means like he's just showing us different forms of himself every week and breaking tackles, extending for more yards, 85 yards after catch today. Just another outstanding performance from him. We're going to get back to the Zoo LSU recap in just a second, but just a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Football is back. And Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football, all at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember, use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And now back to the Mizzou LSU recap. Yeah, I mean, he he was awesome. Malik Neighbors was awesome as well for LSU. All the stars were showing that Max and the rest of us talked about um, early on. Because then, yeah, after that, it was it was back and forth haymakers for a little bit. We had three straight touchdowns. Mizzou scored two more times. LSU got a touchdown of their own. Um, and, and Mizzou was responding LSU punt Mizzou touchdown, you know, LSU field goal Mizzou then, you know, started to crumble in it and it got a little bad there, but let's stick on, on some of the, the, the good stuff from the Tigers for now. Um, we saw Daniel blood catch. Um, he had his first catch. Was that on the first, that was on the opening drive. Wasn't it? That set up. It the touchdown? Yeah, it was on the opening drive and I, I'm a big Daniel blood guy. I talked to yeah, him a lot like when Daniel he was, blood. uh, when, when he was talking with Mizzou and a big, big catch there from him. And um, he's looked, he's looked, he looked good in this game. And we know he's battled some injuries and he hasn't, didn't really play and or wasn't even really available for those first few games of the season. He's from Louisiana. He went to the same high school as Justin Jefferson, the Vikings wide receiver who went to LSU big day for Daniel blood to pick up that first catch against the LSU Tigers. I mean, this home state team, the probably the team he grew up watching the most, um, Pretty big for him and kind of just shows you guys like Marquise Johnson, who had that fantastic catch at the sideline at the end of the game, didn't really mean much in the end. He's not playing like a freshman. And I think Daniel Blood could also be in that conversation. They keep maneuvering in. They kind of just show up on the field and they're, they're going to give you big plays because maybe they, the defense kind of doesn't notice them and doesn't realize who's on the field. But there's some really good freshman wide receivers making their way up. And I, I did want to mention this about that two-point conversion. Totally just blanked my mind when you asked about it. Yeah. Um, what do you think of some of the best calls Drinkwitz has made in his tenure as Mizzou head coach? You think about that two-point conversion against Florida. If Mizzou comes out with a win in this game, that's another one. That two-point conversion is something you think about. You're playing aggressive from early on. Sometimes you see an onside kick to start the game. And Mizzou did that against was it Memphis. And you see this two-point conversion right out of the gates. Those are like some of those. You, you let your, your balls hang. Your nuts hang is what uh, – uh, why am I blanking on his name? He used to say that for Mizzou before he left for Georgia. Dominic Lovett. Oh, and love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you want to see. You want to see these aggressive plays. And I don't think Drinkwitz was being, you know, too cute early on. He was just being aggressive. And that was a, a good way to start it. Yeah, I agree. I loved the two-point conversion call um, as well. And, yeah, cool to see for blood. Marquise Johnson, two, what, two catches, 42 yards is what I'm looking at for him. Um, yeah, behind Burden, Weiss, and Cooper, the big three, obviously out wide for Mizzou. You have those two. And then I'll throw another true freshman in the mix, Kenny. You knew we were going to talk about this when Mizzou fans saw him score. We had a Brett Norfleet TD in this game. Um, that was awesome to see. Um, the big man, the big freshman um, got on the board. That was his only catch, one catch for nine yards and a touchdown. Um, he made some good blocks, but he looked good. Um, yeah, it was it – was, 
there, there's some playmakers. You got anything on? You have anything on Norfleet? Yeah, and no, it's just maybe more of a shot at Tyler Stevens. He comes oh, over yeah. from the Mac in Buffalo. He was the starter last year. He had that touchdown against Georgia, a very big game loss at home. It's just the three drops. They were balls that you should catch. They weren't bad passes from Brady Cook. I'm not going to throw anything at Brady Cook on those plays. Those are balls that need to be caught. It was very unfortunate um, just plays for him. And I just don't know how you move forward with him as a starter. Maybe just based on experience, you might not give Brett Norfleet the most run at the tight end position. But Norfleet's shown that he can block and he's overcome injuries as well. He's receiving as well. And you see him on the field. He is ginormous for being an 18, 19 year old. We talked about that. And Max came on. He talked about the size of this guy and he's getting bigger. Yeah, huge. And he's filled into the frame. It's not just like he's six foot eight. He's, you know, he's strong and, and there's yeah. muscle there. I just, I don't know. I think you just need to evaluate that tight end position. That's something Eric Link and Drinkwitz and Eric Kirby Moore, everyone needs to get involved to try to figure out what they're going to do moving forward. We've even talked about a guy like Ryan Horskamp who came out of nowhere last year, not even on the depth chart this year. Max Weisner, another tight end that, that could be in conversation maybe to get some more reps, but that's kind of inexcusable to have those three drops in this game. Yeah, he was bad. Um, I was getting really, really frustrated watching those. I mean, it was one of those, my grandma could make that catch moment, you know? Um, yeah, he was not good, but Norfleet, it was good to see. And yeah, well, great call from Max. We asked that question. I think it was you, right? He asked him mm -hmm. like last minute kind of in that, and then he, we got the quote out of Max and he ends up scoring a touchdown. So that was a good, that was a good shout from us. I guess pat ourselves on the back. Other good things. Um, yeah, before we get to cook, cause there's a lot to digest with Brady cook. Um, Cody Schrader was awesome in this game. 13 carries, 114 yards, three touchdowns. Um, I mean, he he was he was making play after play. You know, Mizzou got a little, I think, pass dependent. And then it was literally, I think Robert Griffin the third was saying it on the broadcast, like they need to make sure they're they're balancing out their attack, have the run game going. And on that play, Cody Schrader ripped a long one um and and almost scored. I don't remember how they ended up, how that drive ended up, but um, yeah, three touchdowns today. He was, he was, he was great. And, uh, Brady cook as well. Talking a little bit about him was, was good on his legs. Uh, this time, I think we're seeing him get a little more comfortable after that injury in the K state game. And so that's good to see is that they, they were able, uh, especially in the first half to find, I think that balance between pass and run. I think we can both agree that Cody Schrader isn't the fastest guy. He can be explosive. He can find holes. Um, maybe the, stand, the stamina isn't there for him, really. But he made some explosive runs today. And you didn't see them get negated for penalties. And that's something that's really hurt yeah. this team in the past, especially, I think, two weeks ago. I think there was one even even one late against Vanderbilt gets drawn back because of a penalty. I was just kind of waiting. He had that 52-yard run. I was like, okay, where's the holding? You know, you're just waiting to see what happened. Big explosive plays from him. And he's going to get caught. You know, there are defensive backs that are faster. They can run him down. He's just shifty. He can run through people. I, I wouldn't really worry that maybe he's not the fastest guy out there. He's still getting yards, and he's putting this offense in position to score. He averaged 8.8 .8 yards per carry today. A very, very good day for Cody Schrader. And I think they mentioned on the broadcast, wasn't RG3, it was the, the, ma the main broadcaster, that Cody Schrader stepped into this running back position because of injury. I, I don't think that's the truth. He kind of stepped in this running back position because of just the play of the running backs that were there. I mean, Nathaniel yeah, Pete was also a transfer and he just kind of stepped up, kind of came out of nowhere. We all know the story about Cody Schrader and how he got here. I think a booster showed Drinkwitz the film and he just kind of slipped his way in and really just worked for this job. And you can't praise Cody Schrader enough for how well he ran against today. 
Another offensive guy you mentioned just briefly, but I really want to shout him out is Mookie Cooper. Mookie Cooper yeah. just does his job. He goes out there and just does it. I, I don't I don't really see any miss-ups from Mookie. He, he's not the biggest guy in the field, but he plays like he is. Uh, he just does his job every single time out of the slot. And there was one play at the beginning of the game um, that he was lined up in the backfield. LSU calls a timeout. They come out of the timeout. He's back in the backfield, uh, goes in motion, gets a first down out of the backfield from a pass from Brady Cook. He just does it. I mean, he come, and then coming out in the second half, I think he was the first guy to touch the ball on the offense, and he gets a first down. Uh, he finds ways to get open. He's starting to see just Mookie Cooper look like this underappreciated weapon almost. You talk about Theo Weiss and Luther Burden. Mookie's really stepped into a good role this year. We saw him. We saw a lot of flashes last year as well in his second year with the Tigers since he transferred from Ohio State. I can't talk about Mookie Cooper enough. I, I, I think I'm maybe a little bit too high compared to other people, but I think he just does his job well. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And the underappreciated part, I think, is is um, a key note. I think it was Peyton that said, like, it might have been you, but, you know, th this was a guy who came in from Ohio State, and I think Mizzou fans expected big things from him right away. And it's taken it's taken him a bit to, you know, get acclimated and, and find his role in this offense. And it's obviously come under Kirby Moore where everybody's eating on that receiver core. Like, it's it's – it's pretty remarkable how, how all three of those guys and the freshmen we mentioned as well are, um, you know, benefiting from his coaching and, and where he can be on the field, but you're right. He does go out and just make a play. And he, he is, he is very, 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 very big threat, you know, especially as, as teams are going to continue to hone in on um, Luther and Theo Wies. So yeah, definitely credit to him. Um, don't know if you said the stat line, but he had uh, what seven receptions and 80 yards or four eighty yards uh, this mm -hmm. afternoon. So yeah, Moon Cooper was good. Um, did you want to touch on something with Luther on the run, the run game as well? I mentioned it briefly about, you know, yeah. they weren't necessarily end around. It's like, he's coming around and that you toss it to him. So it doesn't count yeah. as a rushing play. It's more of just a sh short forward pass. Um, I always get kind of confused over that, where they're going to score it. You kind of see it differently in the NFL. You don't really see end arounds as much, but I talked about it before. We were seeing like a different Luther Burden. He was using more as a wide receiver. He wasn't using they weren't the Tigers weren't using him in different facets on this offense, and they. Should, I mean, Kirby Moore used him in different ways today, and it worked. Sometimes he would get swallowed up, really just run into four guys, but he was he found a first down on one of those plays, and overall just looked strong for Luther as well. And talking about the run game as well, as we get into Brady Cook here in a second. He started running a little bit more, and we know he had that he banged up his knee a little bit. Still has the brace on the right knee. He had a twelve-yard rush. Um, he's still like not sliding as correctly. I think he went forward yeah, on one dove. of those slides. Yeah, uh, it's, I, I don't like that in college football. You count sack yards as minus rushing yards for a quarterback. Uh, we, I don't have the full yards about what he, how good he looked today. It says he had five attempts for nine yards, but he did have that sixteen-yard rush. It looks good for Brady Cook that he can start using a little bit more movement. And we know he's been airing the ball out really well. Yeah, yeah. I it is it is that is an annoying um stat you add. And so yeah, let's get into him because I think you know that's where we can start to to get into some of the the things that hurt Mizzou today and ultimate ultimately um you know kind of cost them in this game because it sounds like we're talking about a win. And I think that's the appropriate way to approach this game because the the thing I thought, you know, for Mizzou fans generalizing a bit is like 49 to 39 loss to LSU, you know, yes at home, it ain't that bad in in the full scape of things in my in, or scope of things in my opinion. But getting into Brady Cook, I thought for the most part um he played pretty well again. Um 
30 for 47, 411 yards, two touchdowns. They're obviously letting him air it out. We saw a little bit use more use of his legs, but obviously the big storyline is going to be the streak is over. Um, he threw a pick today and threw another pick late on in the game in garbage time, a pick six that um, I, I didn't rewatch the first interception, but I, I thought the second one was obviously it's a pick six, so it's just going to seem worse, but he was staring down. I believe it was Luther Burden um, on that second INT, and the first one wasn't great either. So, um, yes, another big day yardage-wise, got a couple touchdowns, but those two mistakes obviously came back to cost. Uh, Brady Cook in this one, what was, what was your, what's your take on his performance? Yeah, you lose the uh, the SEC record. I mean, I guess you don't lose the SEC record. It just gets snapped at, at a, right. a leap year worth of passes. You get 366. Cool. Um, so you look at that final stat line, he did throw 47 passes and he completed 30 of them for 395 yards. Um, those two picks, it, in my mind, that first one, it kind of comes to, you've been rolling so well, something will happen. You, yeah. You'll hit a, you'll hit a bump in the road and you just won't see a defender and it's, they're just going to pick it off. That second one, it's the garbage time touchdown. It seals the game. Like that was the biggest play of the game for LSU just to seal it right there. Not even let Mizzou get past the 50 after that beautiful punt. Um, from the LSU LSU punter and really what it comes down to in that second half it just pivoting off Brady Cook real quick is that Tigers always scored 14 points that's they scored 25 in the first half they only scored 14 in the second half the Mizzou Tigers that is LSU scored 32 sure you can yeah. subtract that touchdown 25 to 14 LSU just outplayed them you look at the line though Brady Cook still had a good game I and mean, he threw for almost 400 yards the two picks I I mean, that second one is more concerning than the first one. Just you, you're in that big moment, and that's just how it ends. Very unfortunate. But as I mentioned, I did like how Brady Cook is starting to use his legs a little bit more. Seems like he's working really past that knee injury, and it was him at full strength, firing on all cylinders, especially with how much better he is as a passer this year, how much more confident as a passer this year. I think it'll work well for him, especially if he can have those legs to run. And I remember Drinkwitz would always say that his offense, I know it's more Kirby Moore's offense, it's still – you know, still drink with his team. He asks for two first downs with the quarterback's legs. That's why he wanted Jaden Daniels. When he was in the portal two years ago, Jaden Daniels was one of Drinkwitz's prime targets because he could run and he could also pass. And that's where I think we need to talk about now is how good Jaden Daniels was. Even with the injury, he, he missed the second half of a drive. He was running all over Mizzou. And that, that's the that's the one caveat, or I guess multiple, one of the multiple caveats of this game, that run defense for the Mizzou Tigers just did not – really step up a guy can't sell Jane Daniel short this guy should be in the race for the highest when they just could not stop him you can't sell him short but yeah I mean let's get into it I, I want to go back to what Max said you know we had kind of summarized when he was previewing this game like both of these, both of these offenses are going to explode it's just how it is they're they both have playmakers that are tough for any defense to stop that's what we saw it was a 49 to 39 game um, you know, you had Logan Diggs, the running back, and we'll get into the running back, had 134 yards and a touchdown. Malik Neighbors, 146 yards and another touchdown. Luther Burden popped off for Missouri. We talked about it. But what Max said was this Missouri defense is more primed to make a play. At least they've shown they're more primed to make a play when it matters to get a stop, to slow this offense down enough to put its team, put, put itself in a, like, in a position to win the game. And the, the literal opposite happened. And yes, it's frustrating to see that, you know, the turnovers for Brady Cook. It's frustrating to see the fumble that set up a fourth, fourth and 35 or whatever it was. But yeah, when it boils down to it, I mean, 
it was it was so frustrating just to see hole after hole open up for Jane Daniels and take yeah you're right take nothing away from him he got popped when he scored that touchdown that got called back and was playing hurt the rest of the game like you could tell he was he was openly like wincing he hurt his ribs and still was electric especially running the ball but you know when you have a third and three a chance to get off the field around midfield and you give up a touchdown you know late on in the game like that that for me was the play that defined it for me. When I saw that touchdown go, I was like, Mizzou's offense is going to give himself itself a chance in this game, but the defense just, it, it, it wasn't helping. It didn't step up when it mattered. It didn't force a turnover. It didn't even get or allow LSU to get off the field. Like it, it was very, very frustrating. And the run defense, you know, I mentioned that in addition to Daniels's phenomenal 130 yards on the ground, they let Logan Diggs, a fellow former walk-on, I believe they said, just like Cody Schrader is, um, you know, run all over them for over 100 yards. So that is where the story, I think, wrapped up and really put the nail in the coffin for Mizzou in this game. Well said, Jack. And it's explosive plays. You you have to limit explosive plays against one of these teams, especially one of these teams that has a Heisman-caliber quarterback and then a great running back in Logan Diggs. And I'm going to give you even more numbers to, to think about here. The longest rush for Logan Diggs was 34 yards. Jaden Daniels, 35 yards. Longest pass for neighbors, reception, 39. Thomas, 42. And then I didn't even know about this guy, but Lacey. um, Yeah, he had the touchdown. He had a touchdown for for 20 yards. And that was his only reception of the day. Those are the big explosive plays that Blake Baker's been talking about for the last two years. I don't think he's really in the press conferences as much this year. I'm not on the beat anymore. But last year, he would always talk about how you that the Mizzou Tigers need to limit explosive plays. They just didn't do it today. Uh, they, they they came out and they showed glimpses of a better defense, good stops. Especially we can talk. We're going to talk about it later about that fourth quarter and inside the two minutes. But man, there's just big plays. LSU was just pulling out. I, I wish I could see the 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 yards on third down for LSU because I think it'd be a lot. I think it'd eat up a big chunk of their total yardage more than you probably expect. They went six for 12 on third downs, just overall strong plays when they needed it most. And you just didn't see Mizzou's run defense really show up. And we've talked about some issues with maybe not really seeing the defensive tackles really play up to bit and forcing havoc on those inside offensive uh, linemen to bring some pressure from those guys on the outside I don't know. We're talking about missed tackles as well um, from the linebacker position. And we're going to talk about some of these penalties against uh, the linebackers and just the defense, both defenses in general. It was sloppy. It's, it was sloppy on both sides. And I, there was just one play I wanted to point out. Dalen Carnell, who's at the star position, the hybrid between more of a linebacker, uh, a nickel corner, a safety. He's just, you know, he's another defensive back out there that can do it all. And Dalen Carnell's proven that he, he's one of the most underrated guys last year. Look at his overall numbers issue. You can tell me what you think, but Right now, he he saw it. He knew there was going to be a run play. He mm-hmm. jumps in uh, off that edge and just gets the wrong guy. And an explosive run play out on the outside, and it's just frustrating because he knew it was a run play, just had the wrong guy. Another read option, you know, zone reads that LSU was looked like they were struggling with in the first half. It worked so well for them yeah, in the second half. It's like they, they figured out what they needed to do. Just multiple parts of, you know, we're going to probably miss things that this defense maybe struggled <laughs> on or even just, you know, did well that we're not mentioning. But there was just so many of those plays that you'll remember. It's like, oh, if this had gone the other way, if they'd gotten the stop on third down, this game could be different. 
Yeah. Oh, also, quick correction. I thought it was Lacey. It was uh, Brian Thomas that had that 48-yard touchdown that gave LSU the 27-25 lead. Just want to clarify that first, but you're right. 42. 42-yard um, touchdown, yeah. That, but that was another play I remember being like, man, if you could have gotten off the field in that drive and that flipped the momentum, and obviously LSU took the lead, changed the course of the game. Um, but, yeah, it, it was just – it was so frustrating. And even – and you mentioned the explosive plays. Listen – it's one thing to let Malik neighbors, you know, go one-on-one against a corner and you get mossed for a touchdown. It's Malik neighbors. It happens. But when Malik neighbors is standing in acres of open space that any, you know, anybody catching the ball is going to, you know, make a big play out of because you're not communicating. You're not making the right reads. You're not covering well enough. Like it's just inexcusable. And it's like, there were things that happened in this game that, you know, I think re-reminded us why Mizzou is not there yet as a, as like, you know, making that jump into the elite of elite of, of the SEC. I don't, I don't think this game should worry people in terms of how this season could end up and the potential that this team still has to have a really good year compared to what we've seen in the Drinkwitz era before, but there are just plays. And then you mentioned just some of the, the miscues that in a game like this cost you, I mean, we do have to bring it up. Johnny Walker. It sucks, man. When someone's laying on your leg and you have to kick out and they call a penalty on it, that stinks. It's a little bit harsh. You can't, I didn't even see this. So he like, he spit on a guy and that was his other, un, other unsportsmanlike. Apparently I don't, think, I don't think ESPN caught the action of him doing it. I was, yeah. I was watching, looked away for a second, another TV looked back and he's out of the game. I, I they yeah. didn't show a replay of what actually happened, but there was a hot mic and someone said that he spit on a player, spit on someone. And oh, just the frustration, yeah, frustration's got the best of him there. And I know that I, I saw the play where he was laying down. He was trying to kick that offensive lineman off of him. It looked like the offensive lineman just could have gotten up. And he he had to be helped off the field. Like, he was actually banged up after that play. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't just frustration. He was actually hurting. And it just got the best of him there. And, you know, for Johnny Walker, who's really stepping into a starting role after being a backup these last two years, you just got to put your head down. You got you to gotta be able to control your emotions. Definitely a learning experience for him. He's probably beating himself up about it. Probably just still pissed off about how this went. Mm-hmm. But that's a guy, you need that guy out there. You need The defensive ends, you know, have been kind of shaking with D-Rob. He even mentioned that he wasn't 100%. He had that calf injury, and he came back out. And he showed he had that strip. Uh, that the, he had the fumble at the end of the game. They didn't recover it. But he still played some explosive – he had some explosive jumps off the off the edge. And still was hurt and in the defensive end position you just can't take a loss like that losing johnny walker yeah it was it was unfortunate i did i didn't even realize this either i know he's been having a good season they showed a graphic he has like double the amount of qb like pressures of the next missouri like defensive lineman or whatever or just player on defense which is that's wild i didn't realize like <laughs> especially with darius robinson like it's that much that he's leading i think that th- and yeah Darius Robinson might be a little bit more up there. I mean, he missed the last. Okay. I mean, he missed the Vandy game and parts of that. I guess Memphis you're right. He game. was injured, uh, yeah. but still, it kind of feels like a quiet year for him that he's putting up all those those pass rushing numbers. Yeah, and so you know, you have a guy that can rush the passer, get to the quarterback, and a guy in Jalen Daniels who's playing phenomenal. That you you know you need all the pressure you can get, all eyes on him, and you know they didn't have it after he got after he got ejected. So just yeah, you can't do those things. Do we want to do we want to take now? We don't have to go too long because I think we should focus mostly on what's on the field. Do you want to talk about some of the refereeing this this afternoon briefly? Um, yeah, 
I'll, I'll uh, speak for all, all Mizzou fans quickly. What the F is a disconcerting signal? I mean, my God, like I know, I think two of them were actually called on LSU. No, I think it was two, on Mizzou. two were on Mizzou and one was on LSU. The first one they called Tyron Hopper, who was like trying to, as a defensive captain, like hype up his guy and clapped. And they thought he was trying to gauge the snap count. Like, do you think defensive players, that's the last thing they're worried about is, is throwing the offense off in a snap count. Like they got other crap to worry about. I've never, you and I both, we said off air, we both never heard of this penalty. It was called three times in one game. What, what the hell? Like, I remember the first time it was called. I was like, okay, I think I've maybe heard of this before. Cause yeah. it's maybe like something you only hear every once in a while. Got called a second time. Like, hey, what is going on? Is this a new flag? That like, I'm, rule. I'm, I've yeah. never seen this before. I've watched, you know, we watched every single Mizzou game the last couple of years. I don't remember anything like this. And the only time I can like kind of remember is that the Mizzou offensive line in 2020 meant mentioned that the Tennessee def defensive players were trying to mess up the hard count. They were trying to mess up the snap. They were clapping, saying stuff to get the offensive line to jump. And I've never heard anything of that since. And this was kind of eye-opening. It's like you learn something new every day. But, man, it was going against both teams. Maybe it's something that the NCAA is telling you know referees to look at more, maybe the SEC. But I just – it was it was bizarre. It was disconcerting. That's not the right use of that, but not, yeah, it's just, it was so strange. Like it felt like a rule that like the ref, like really knows that rule and was like, I'm going to, I'm going to show, show what I got. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't know, but I know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're going to, he's going to expose them. And then, yeah. And, and there was just, it, and it was on both sides. Like I am not, I am by no means, I don't think calling this a ref show. Um, you know, we had, there was a, a Mizzou free touchdown gifted to them by the officials. Cause Xavier Delgado very clearly false started to the point where, the LSU guys got up and pointed at him and they still snapped the ball and let it go. Um, you know, that it was that one. And then the other bad one against or going what should have gone against LSU was the face mask on Brady cook where he ends up getting a sack and Mizzou has to punt that away. I don't think either of those calls, you know, especially because Mizzou lost, I don't really think either of them ended up, um, you know, costing, there was other things that happened that cost Mizzou in this game, aside from the refereeing, but it was just, we had to mention it, especially with this goofy, disconcerting signals, whatever. Uh, you know, I hope that's not a thing that defenders can't clap anymore because they're throwing off the snap count, but there was some strange refereeing. For sure. And I kind of want to pivot off this. I don't really have anything yeah. else to add about this. No, that's okay. I, yeah. I think there was one thing that kind of stood out to me is that I think D Rob pulled off Jaden Daniels helmets. And I think yes. the call is face mask, but I'm pretty sure he grabbed the back of his helmet, pulled it off. I don't know if there's maybe it, you don't really call it anything it's else. Probably still, it's probably still, still a face a mask. Yeah. yeah, you just pulled his helmet off, and I was like, that was the yeah. most aggressive I've ever seen D Rob play. One thing I just want to mention before we put into this into our, one of our next points is that the play of the safeties has been kind of concerning as well. We've mentioned it before with Carlos yeah. and Charleston, who were great last year. They really stepped up, especially Charleston coming over from Clemson, looked strong. He almost looked like a captain out there, even though he wasn't wearing the C on his jersey. And Carlos comes back for another year, hoping to boost his his draft stock, his pro stock. It's just There's been so many just open plays on post routes, you know, just plays over the middle of the field. Wide receivers are getting open. They're just going to the wrong guy. And I'm not really helping out their corners on these deep balls. And it's just, it's concerning, especially the tackling. And you know who's that? Blake Baker's, these are his safeties. That's his his position group. He's mentioned it last year. He was like, he made a joke. He's like, I need to talk to the safeties coach. He's like, he was the safeties coach. 
Mm. I think he needs to talk with these guys. And these are guys <laughs> that the NFL caliber, they're pro caliber safeties and Charleston Carlies, and they're just not playing up to that standard they played at last year. Just a thing that they step back on this defense. You look at the safety position, even like Travis Johnson coming over from Florida, he hasn't looked all that great too. That, that one deep ball that that you mentioned earlier, I think it was um, to Nate or to Thomas. Uh, Travis Johnson just got to the wrong guy. Burned. Yeah, I think that was just, might have been Drayden Norwood's um, receiver that Assignment. he was marked. I, I don't. I, I gotta go, gotta look back on it right now. I can look at it when you're talking. But yeah, Travis Johnson went to the wrong receiver and it's just unfortunate they're just choosing the wrong ones they're not really recognizing this offense yeah yeah I, the whole secondary and i think even the whole defense has it's been so strange to see obviously it's great that the offense is stepping up but I, I, again i'll keep going back to it it just feels like a a flip of what we've seen where this offense was, has to make plays for the defense oh yeah who is it it was marcus clark oh it's my it's my guy very unfortunate oh, but he, he was the one who the, yeah. the, the touchdown came on well, still, I mean, even guys we're, we're liking aren't making plays. I mean, we we mentioned that how crucial a turnover could have been. Cad had three picks in three games leading up to this. And, you know, he did make the one very good play um, that denied a touchdown. I think it was on Neighbors. Um, did the buckle or put the sword back the sword. or whatever you call celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he did. I, he I always thought too. it was a. He was. He pushed like Jaden Daniels. Like there was a. It was a good play. He almost sacked him, but forced Jaden Daniels just to make a throw into no one. Um, so he, okay, yeah. he was good. I mean, good as a, a blitzer as well. Yeah. I've always thought that was the, like the sword was a buckle. Like you were like buckling them in. Cause it's like locked down, but I didn't think of it that it was the sword. Like that's how dumb I am. But, uh, yeah, it, there's just some, some, some rough play on the, on the defense. Some just open holes for Jaden Daniels. I think the run defense is the theme as, as, as tough as it as the secondary did look at times, I think again you can put the caveat a little bit that it is LSU. These guys just have weapons that few other SEC teams have. It's no excuse, but um, you know it does help to ease that a little bit. I I, I want to dive into the ugly, and I think it really you know you can call the whole second half with with spurts of good. Uh, you could call it all ugly. Mizzou, you mentioned the twenty five points in the first half. They responded to every single LSU drive with points up until the end of the half when Mevis made that 50-yard field goal. Immediately, you come out in the second half. You get the ball, a chance to take the momentum back. Because even though Mevis made that field goal, I was nervous. I really thought that LSU had um, you know, all the momentum going in halftime. And then you know, you mentioned it. And I didn't even realize it's because so much happened in this game, like how, how big this was. You know, Mevis had that miss that we – was it was way off. I mean, he shanked it. And we thought an LSU guy got in there. We thought it might have been blocked. They showed it again. Was not blocked. And like, you know, now looking back, like that almost set in motion the events of that second half. But, you know, maybe you want to talk about the ugly or since I'm on me, this maybe the special teams being a big a big issue here this afternoon. Yeah, if Peyton was on here, he'd be ripping in Eric Link left and right. <laughs> he'd be asking why Eric Link still has a job. Eric Link came over with Drinkwitz from App State. They've been close for a long time. It's just you, you Harrison Mavis has missed that missed that field goal with 11 minutes left in the third quarter. LSU responds to the field goal. This game is 42 to 39. I, I, of course, LSU did go for two and they they pushed it to that mark. But if Mizzou has those three points, we don't really know where this game goes from there. Yeah, I mean, it could be more the momentum on the Columbia Tigers and not the Bayou Bengals. We don't know, but at the same time, if everything goes the same, it's a tie game. LSU goes for two to tie it, they don't go for two to force a tie if a field goal is made 
And just, that's just the what kind of comes out of it. Naris Mears did miss that 54-yarder at the end of the game as well, kind of just looking to put points up on the board, onside kick, it just last kind of resort. You're going to play it till the last whistle. I just – I don't know if that maybe the wind got too much of it, but, you know, Harrison Mavis has proven that he can boot them. Just there's not much consistency these last two seasons. And we talked about a lot last year. Looked good this year with that 61-yarder. Just those two misses, it just feels so uncharacteristic for Harrison Mavis. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's very bizarre, the the lack of consistency. And that's something – I mean, a kicker, it's all mental. Like, you got to – especially for a guy like him, you know he has the leg to kick it from anywhere. So – that's just that's just all mental. And then while we're on the old the old Eric Link show, I mean special teams, it was it was a rough one. Um, you'll have to talk. You'll have to remind me about the Luther Burden punt. But I mean, the I, I literally when Luke Bauer uh, was was about to do this punt that I'll talk about the 17 yard punt, um, which was rough. I was literally saying to someone I was watching the game with, oh, yeah, like they had a punter from Australia that they benched and this guy's been playing really well. So. Sorry, Luke Bauer. I maybe jinxed you there, but that was that was oof. I mean, I know special teams coaches, you can't account for just sometimes shanking a punt, but you can't shank a punt in this game. It again is like little things like a missed field goal where you don't know what the score could have been down the road. A 17 yard punt. Maybe you boot that long. They have worse field position. I, you know, it's these it's these it's these little things that add up, um, you know, for the Well, I wanted goal. to mention. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that that first punt uh, to Luther Burden from uh, Jay Bramblett, who had a great day. I mean, he seems like yeah. a good punter there for LSU. It was 57 yards. He got down to the 13. I want to say I I want to say that Luther was inside the 30. He was somewhere inside the 30 near the the uh, his his sideline, and he had it there with two LSU defenders. I don't know if he just didn't call for a fair catch. He didn't want to. He was going to get blown up if he didn't. Those guys were waiting for him to catch it. He calls a fair catch. He gets it there. It, it bounced back maybe, let's say, 15 yards, you know, 14 yards, something within that range. And it just felt, you know, like silly that he just didn't call the fair catch. I think – I don't know if he thought there was maybe like some front spin on it that he was just going to hit – or backspin, he was just going to hit it and just go the other way, and they were just going to bounce in the LSU uh, defender's hands. But at the same time, I was watching that that punt block, and the, the two gunners – there were two gunners, and they were just left open. There was no one there to block them, no one there to run with them. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I was like, no way Luther's going to return this. You know, and I think we've we've kind of talked about it before. We don't even need to talk about returning um, kicks anymore. I know Peyton, if he was on here, he'd be talking about that. They fair it caught just, them all, right? I don't think they, they fair were, caught them all. Yeah, didn't even, nice. yeah. And Marcus Johnson's back there as well. And if he gets a hold of one of those uh, inside, I would let I would let that guy run. Um, Missouri still scored on that. Um, that was the the touchdown pass at Theo Weiss on that drive. It just felt like you were putting yourself even further back, and I, I just don't think he read the ball well necessarily. Um, I'm gonna pull up the whole special teams chart here, but Luke Bauer his, his second kick really made up for it. His second punt, his second punt was for 73 yards. Really got to go spin good. on inside the 20. It was um, he averaged 45 though because that first punt was 17 yards. And you're just seeing some inconsistent play from the punters. Saw this last year as well. There was a punter battle then too. Um, Stonehouse left for Syracuse because he didn't get his scholarship. Luke Bauer, who's on the team last year, steps up here and takes uh, takes the job. It's still not going well. I mean, props to him for responding with that second punt. But that first punt is just not what you want to see. Yeah, it it again was just you know though that will lose you games. I mean, in games like this, especially these these miscues and. Um, 
and special teams decisions. So again, just something that we're going to keep touching on as it continues to just be bad. Um, let's get to the end of the game because, you know, that was just where I think it, it, it all, I mean, obviously it all fell apart, but just the, the, again, little things, you know, you have a third and one, um, on, you know, in plus territory, you're driving great two minute drill offense leading up to that point. And then, you know, a Connor Tolleson snap, what's the official, just the, the legal snap, snap infraction, mm-hmm. um, you know, messes that up, drops him back. Again, you think about what would happen if that play, if that play doesn't go that way, if he doesn't do that, they're certainly not passing the ball. Brady Cook's certainly not fumbling to set up a fourth and 30. And then, you know, they're certainly not getting the ball back in at the five yard line and then uh, throwing an intercept pick six to seal the game. So just frustrating, frustrating uh, stuff. And then we, we should talk about that fourth and 31 too. Um, but I'll give you can get your take on maybe mistakes and that that kind of sequence at the end of the game. Shooting yourself in the foot. We talked about this offensive line playing better. Max came on here and he said there's guys on this offensive line that grade out as above average guys, not just superstars. I mean, this offensive line just cohesive above average and over grades and you're playing a great game and you just come out with that false start and then the, the snap infraction. It's just frustrating. I, I just don't know why the, these offense you're gaining experience you're in your second year as a starter for connor tolson he played decent in those first couple of games but just these little mistakes they carry and i mean that's where you think about you know you could lose your job any day you know no one's job is guaranteed ever you're not you know that's how it should be for everybody but man it's just it doesn't feel like there's like progress in those when the lights turn on moments you talk about the georgia game last year as well and Peyton, he was on here like, I keep bringing him up. He would rip into these guys a lot more than mm-hmm. I would. But like the Mitchell Walters of penalty false last year, false start against last year against Georgia, this one again for Connor Tolleson, you know, you, you'll you make mistakes. You'll make mistakes on maybe some drives where it's maybe like 13 minutes left in the second quarter. You're at second and four. But these are the moments that you need to lock in. Nothing should be bothering you. Nothing should be pushing you to false start. I mean, you're the one who controls the ball. And it's just, I mean, it's annoying. I bet it's going to be something that he's going to be carrying with him for the rest of the week. And then he wants to get back on the field and prove himself again. It's just, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to be those guys right now. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's, it seems like it happens for this offensive line. If it doesn't happen a bunch and then it's a main talking point of the game, it becomes a main talking point of the game because it happens when it matters the most. And so that just, that absolutely sucks. I mean, I think it also speaks to the fact that this offense had simply no help from, from the defense, because you're right. The offensive line, I think was relatively penalty free in an otherwise pretty sloppy game. Um, you know, overall, we had a lot of holding um, as these QBs were, were liking to run around. Um, but you know, the, the, the offensive line, like they didn't rack up penalties the way we sometimes see them do, but they got the one that ended up mattering pretty much the most because Again, it backed them up out of a third and very manageable. And we saw Cody Schrader having a good game. He probably hand that ball off to him. First down, you're cooking on your way to continue that drive. Instead, it's a third down. And then, you know, Brady Cook had had two of these. Um, I I believe on the first one, were, were both of them hits from the blind side, both of the fumbles that that caused them. I know the second one was, and then it rolled back all the way back, but the second, second one was i don't even remember the first one to be honest with <laughs> it's you nice, 
It's yeah. nice, right, to like, you know, think about or like that interception he threw earlier. It's nice to be like, oh, this might not actually come back to bite them because the offense mm-hmm. is playing otherwise so well. But then, yeah, that the so the snap infraction confounds into the fumble, which confounds into a fourth and 31, which, OK, what like what did you think? You think the going for it was a smart choice? Did you like the play call? Should they have punted? I mean, I know it ultimately didn't matter, but it was a big play. I liked what our, our friend Max Baker said, brought it up. The, the announcer said, oh, it didn't matter in the end. They got the stop. Um, they forced the punt. They forced the punt, and LSU put him in a coffin, put him inside yeah. their own 10-yard line. If you punt the ball there and you stop him, I mean, you're probably getting the ball maybe 20, 30 yards closer um, to the end zone because you're going to punt it, put them you know, maybe, it will say, inside the 10. I, I don't know how Luke Bowers would have done in that situation it may be inside the 15. You get a stop there. You don't let them get a first down. They're kicking it. I, I don't I don't know if they would let Luther return that. If they do, I don't know if he's going to get necessarily a lot of yards. Seems like LSU was all over um, punts, punts today. You're in a better position, and I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, it was an interesting play. I think RG3 mentioned that the Oise did have another option to 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 hook it back. I, I think Luther was was trailing him. Because it went to Daniel Blood first, then to Theo Weiss. Theo Weiss had someone on his right side. Opportunity there to maybe even get more yards. It's just kind of frustrating because when you look at it, you're at the 41-yard line on third and one. That's field goal range technically for Mevis, even though he did have a pretty bad day. At the same time, you're down three points going into that with three minutes to go. I just, It's just frustrating. It's frustrating yeah. on, on all facets. It's, it's so like, yeah, that's, I mean – this was a very, very winnable football game. And it's nice because I think, again, broadening all of this out, Missouri fans overall I don't think should be worried in terms of of the rest of the season. Like I've been saying, like this is this there was the offense especially did a lot of things that were very promising. They they held around and went shot for shot basically with a with an LSU team. Um, I guess, you know, it wasn't quite shot for shot, but it was a tale of two halves more so. But it equated, I think, just about by the time, you know, the final whistle blew. But again, yeah, it, it's just the little things. We can say it over and over again. My take on the fourth and 31, like I at first was like, yeah, you punt this, get the field position. I know your defense hasn't made a stop all day, but like, like you said, if they do, which they did, you know, you end up getting that ball in a lot better field position than than where they were. Brady Cook, you know, maybe doesn't throw that pick six. You can go to different plays because you're not starting from your own end zone. Um, so, yeah, or even if you were going to go for it, in my opinion, you know, you go for it for it's maybe fine. Arm punt it then. Have them chuck it down the field where if you throw a pick, you're still in a better spot. Like if you, you know, maybe punted it versus doing the check down thing and, and whatever that was. But I, the Again, one thing I yeah. I'll, I'll jump in here for one one thing about the arm punt. I wonder if if they've they've learned that ball goes in the air. Do not catch it. Just knock it down. Put that ball yeah. in the in the turf because if you get that, I think I'm gonna look it up here. It's wrong on oh, the stat right. broadcast yeah, right now. Just... I think they're they were inside their own 20, 20 25. Yeah. Um, so if they hit that, I mean that's that's ball game right then and there. Uh, yeah. I, it's just, yeah, you make you make a good point. I guess I, you're right. They should have just punted it. That, that's where I stand on that yeah, hill. And yeah, yeah. Pe- people could agree, disagree with that, and I completely understand. I just think in the long run, if you get the stop there after the punt, rather than you know giving up the ball on on downs, I, I think you're in a better position. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There, that's I guess that's why I'm not a coach. You don't think of the. That's why I should be the coach. 
Yeah, yeah. Kenny should be the coach. <laughs> That's why we have this show, right? Because we all know better. Um, but yeah, again, it, it's it's all these little things. It's all these little what ifs that yeah put you in a position to win this football game. But again, I'll put some positivity on it. It's freaking nice that they were in a position to win this football game. I mean, it is nice that LSU didn't come in here and just you know put Mizzou on big fraud watch and beat them by by 30 in their own backyard and have like a get right game for themselves. I mean, this Missouri team can compete. There's just things they, they continue have to, to iron out. And those are things that are going to remain very, very frustrating for everybody involved because that you were, they were so close. They were so close in this game. I mean, it, they, they were, they were on their way to driving and they, they were marching down the field every time they had the ball for the most part. And it was always ending in points and it was that drive was going to end in points and it, it came to an end because of mistakes. I'm going to give you some final total numbers here to just kind of wrapping up. And yeah, uh, these numbers could change because I think one of those plays on the stat broadcast is wrong on the Theo Weiss um, hook and ladder at the end. Okay. Um, so it's at 527 total yards for Mizzou, 533 for LSU, 1,060 yards total offense for both teams combined. Uh, both teams did have 11 penalties, which I did not necessarily know that, like, in my mind, I would not think LSU had 11, but they lost 83 yards on those 11 penalties, and Mizzou lost 62. Those are just some of the things to point out. A very even game, though, on the in the stats um, columns. Uh, 23 first downs for both teams. Uh, but the, the big split to me is just those rushing yards, and we talked about that at length. 274 yards on the ground for LSU. Jane Daniels, man. I mean, that guy is freaking talented. They got a gem of a quarterback who former future Missouri Tiger, Jaden Daniels. Um, but yeah, he's he is he is a hell of a player. He's definitely should, I think, be in the conversation for the Heisman um, for the Heisman trophy. It's tough because they have those two losses. But uh, also, we should touch on this uh, from Wendell because he did the he did his big long visitors list again. So. The, the There was a lot of key guys down the line who saw this performance. Williams Winery was there. Ryan Wingo was there. Uh, Jeremiah McClellan. You can go look at uh, Wendell Shepard on Twitter to see like the full list. But um, I I know they lost, but still kind of a good thing that they're getting those guys there, um, getting them to more games. Um, obviously, bodes well for drinking recruiting, if you have a take on that. It's, it's seeing big games from Luther and Theo Weiss, Mookie Cooper, especially for those guys, those St. Louis kids and Ryan Wingo and Jeremiah McClellan. You're seeing guys that grew up in the same area as you in the same city necessarily, and they're playing well. I mean, take the Oise out of that equation. You can talk about just Mookie Cooper and, and uh, Luther Burden. Those are guys they looked up to, and uh, that's good to see. Aiden Glover was there, the four-star quarterback. Ryan Justice, Whit Hafer um, was from the Joplin area. Uh, Jude James. I'm going down this list again. There was there was another. I think it was 2026. Jackson Cantwell was one of the top guys in the class of 2026 that's someone to keep an eye on and i'm not mistaken his dad played at mizzou and he was there with oh. him so a guy to keep an eye on he, i've started to see him a little bit more on these rivals posts and interviews and he's a big kid um I, i'd uh I, I'd, I'd keep an eye out for him and juju marks was also there he, he recently committed he's a 2025 prospect nice um, yeah, so an abundance of recruits there for for drink watching. Definitely on the offensive side, those playmakers and those playmaking recruits are probably pretty excited at maybe the prospect of of becoming a part of that offense. Oh yeah, Christian uh, Cantwell is his father, and he was uh, in the track and field team from 2000 to 2003. 
and he was a shot put. He did shot put, and he played. Oh. He was on Team USA in the 2022 London Olympics. There you go. Fun fact. Fun fact. Um, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Deep breath. Did I? Did we miss anything? I'm sure there's stuff that like you know we can get Peyton's take on things. Obviously, we will have the full show on Monday. But I mean, there was a lot to digest in this game. My final thing. I think my overall takeaway is like, I'm not upset in terms of, or worried in terms of the future of how this season can go. Peyton said it himself, a loss to LSU isn't that bad. There are things that happened in this loss that are pretty bad, but a lot of things that happened that are good that kept this team around. They go to Kentucky tomorrow, or not tomorrow, next week, uh, rather. Um, you know, yes, the defense has a lot to clean up. They have a little bit more of an opportunity, but Ray Davis is a freaking good running back. We're going to talk about it. So, you know, the run defense, that's my biggest, um, you know, bad thing, worry going forward for for what this Mizzou team needs to sort out um, offensively. Just keep doing what they're doing. I mean, throw Brett Norfleet the ball more, getting touchdowns because <laughs> we are yeah. so their pockets, but yeah. M- momentum was shifted, and that's something they'll have to control better against Kentucky on the road. Um, talk a little bit more about that game next week, especially the more rivalry aspect of it. That really doesn't give, get it, get as much credit. Um, other than that, I, I think we probably missed a couple things. It was such a hectic game. So much happened in this game. The guys in just the whole crowd looked dejected at the end after that, the pick six, it just felt, you know, that's when you knew, Oh, look, did this really just happen? Did we really lose yeah. this? Uh, down the line, you just have to move forward. You have to look at next week that you're O and O, and that's the mentality that Mizzou has. Um, there's a lot to to work on, a lot to be happy about. But looking forward, you know, you just put this one behind you, and you're still in place to extend your season, and that's what they want. And um, this is kind of a learning experience, especially against one of the best quarterbacks in football. Definitely, definitely, a lot to take away. Um, and and yeah, we'll see we'll see how they can bounce back if they can bounce back. Um, you know, we, we've seen seasons collapse before. It was in very bad fashion against Vanderbilt in 2019. Um, you know, I, but I, something tells me this Missouri team, based on what I see, saw today that was the good, I don't think they're going to let it uh, collapse on them. That's just a maybe a maybe a way too bold prediction. I don't know. Um, but we'll see. Happy halfway point. Uh, I can't believe we're already oh, yeah. halfway through the, oh the regular God. season. It's crazy to think about. We're six games in. Still haven't had a buy yet. We're, we're almost at basketball season. We had Mizzou Madness last night. Um, for those Tiger fans that remember that, they started that last year. Looked like the lights worked this time. <laughs> so that's good. RG3 was there too. Um, so yeah, dude, we're going to start talking about basketball soon. So keep keep the hope up, Mizzou fans, but this one stings, understandably. Um, yeah, it's it's going to sting for, for another week until you can you know hopefully have a bounce back game against Kentucky. That'll wrap it up for us. Uh, We'll have the rest of the show out uh, on Monday, but we'll drop this, obviously, here this afternoon and evening. Um, So, everyone, you know, go enjoy your football. Go enjoy your NFL Sunday. We will see you guys next time. And this has been the Unwritten Rule presented by Bet Online. See you guys.